Welcome to 10 Minute Talks. I'm your host, Lane Pfeiffer, and if you're looking for a short podcast that leaves you wanting more, you're at the right place. On 10 Minute Talks, we discuss any and all topics that affect both the people and the world around them. Most episodes will bring on a guest star to join in on the conversation is either affected by, knowledgeable of, or against the topic at hand. So now that you know what our little show is about, sit back, grab your favorite snack or drink if you will, and enjoy the ride, because it's about to get interesting. Hello, dragons! In case you didn't know, Season 2 of 10 Minute Talks is now available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Anchor, Bullhorn, and more. Want to know a fun fact? Of course you do! If you go to anchor.fm slash the-booster-redux, I know, it's horrible, I'm so sorry. You can send us a message on what you'd like for us to cover next on the show! I mean, how exciting is that, guys? Tell me what you want. I want to serve my people. I know I got an audience and people are listening. So if there is anything you would like for uh, us to cover or anything like that on the show, please feel free to send us a message and we will get right on that. Anyways, let's talk about this week's episode. Every school year, we face new changes, a new bell schedule, new rules, new lunch hours, but most importantly, new teachers and staff for us to meet. This year at PHS, while we may have lost several of our favorite teachers from Mrs. Prince, Mrs. Trimble, and even the lovable Mrs. Collins, who I wish was my grandma. Honestly, I adore that woman, and I miss her entirely. But, 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 I'm telling you, we have new teachers this year, and we have many more to come. One of which is the one and only social studies teacher, Brian Latham. So with that being said, allow me to introduce this week's guest from Room 318, Mr. Latham. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Good afternoon. I'm doing great. That's good. So tell me, how long have you been teaching for? This is my 30th year teaching. Congratulations. Wow. Thank you. You're you're welcome. Uh, Why did you decide to become a teacher in the first place? Well, that's a good question. I really always was drawn to teaching. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know it at the time, but I realized if you're one of those students who's sitting in class going, why is the teacher doing this? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be better to do that? If you're kind of critically analyzing the best way for people to learn and the best way to teach, maybe you're destined to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is most of the adults in my life were recommending that I not become a teacher. At that time, teachers were so low paid. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I actually went to Missouri State and was going to become a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I Um, Majored in political science and history, joined the pre-law fraternity, and by the end of my time there and being around people who want to be lawyers, Mm -hmm. I realized they weren't my people. So (laughs) uh, I I actually went back to school and got certified to teach and haven't looked back. I've I've loved it and never regretted it. That's good. And I always say definitely do a job that you love to do. Absolutely. Yes. So what even uh, drew you towards uh, teaching social studies? I, I always loved history. Um, I, I was just mesmerized by stories. I had a grandmother who loved history, and mm-hmm. she was always giving me books. Um, you know, my, a lot of my kids, I have five kids, and they loved books on tape and being read to. Well, mm-hmm. back in my day, they actually, my grandma actually gave me vinyl uh, with stories. Mm-hmm. And I remember the uh, story of Joan of Arc was one of the first stories that I just almost felt like I was transported back in time. I'm I'm kind of obsessed with time travel anyway. So I was just always drawn to history. It it just inspired me and got the creative juices flowing. Mm -hmm. I wanted to try to find a way to bring that to other people. I know a lot of of people are not fascinated by history. Most adults that I run across said, man, I wish I'd 
been more interested in history when I was younger because now I realize how important it is. So it's just trying to make those connections and help help students to see the value of it. Right. Well, from what I've heard uh, from a multitude of your students is that you do a really good job of doing that, actually. Um, so I know that uh, when we were emailing each other, you know, you did, well, I, you know, found out that um, prior to the entire pandemic, you were actually going to go teach in Greece. So tell me, why did you want to teach there anyways? Well, there's, there are many reasons. I have probably my primary source of historical interest has always been the ancient world and mm -hmm. the medieval world. I've taught Western civilization for about 20 years, um, ancient Greece and Rome and, and the Middle Ages were always my points of, of uh, my, my own particular study that I, I did on my own especially. Um, so the idea of going to a place that I've been teaching about all those years was, you know, first and foremost a dream. Mm -hmm. And secondly, my, uh, my oldest daughter is, she's getting her PhD in classics, which is ancient languages, and she's uh, was going to do a year in Greece. Mm -hmm. The only way I could get my wife to agree to go anywhere in the world because I wanted to teach abroad when mm -hmm. I when I left my uh, retired from Willard, I I wanted to do a year or two mm -hmm. in a place where I could go to different places in Europe, honestly. Right. And Greece was a perfect place to do that from. My youngest daughter was also, she was working abroad. Mm -hmm. So we kind of had this master plan in place. <laughs> I'd, been at, I'd been working with the University of Northern Iowa that has a teacher abroad program. Oh, that's so the, cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, and for the last couple of years, I had been going to, uh, to their teaching fairs and starting to talk to different countries. They usually had about 60 or 70 countries represented there. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was looking at, Eastern Europe, um, Central Europe, Greece. The, the other thing is we're, we're actually Greek Orthodox. Mm -hmm. And so to go to any country where that religion was like the you know, majority religion was kind of an amazing thing that mm -hmm. my wife and I were both interested in. So really it was a family thing and it was just you know a, a cultural thing wanting to be able to travel around Europe. But when the pandemic hit, it kind of squashed everything my daughter uh, that trip was delayed. She might get to go next year. Right. Uh, my youngest daughter came home from her job uh, just to visit and never got to go back because of the pandemic. So yeah, it's it's something on the back burner, but we hope to, to do it someday. Maybe it's just a trip as a family. Mm -hmm. Well, I really hope you guys get to do that because it would yeah. definitely be a dream come true, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so what I'm guessing is that you've never gone to Greece before? I have never gone to Greece, no. Dang. Um, but if you were in Greece right now, and like saying hypothetically this pandemic didn't exist mm -hmm. at all, what would you be doing? Well, I was going, I would have been teaching uh, high school students. We have several different um, educational programs where families abroad, be they military or diplomats, mm -hmm. kids, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, countries have U.S. contractors who go there and work on infrastructure, and their families are there. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would have been actually teaching American students in Greece. Oh. So I would I would have been doing something very similar, honestly, to what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. So, um, and traveling. You know, the the plan was you know weekends we would we take trips and on on you know holidays and things like that. See mm -hmm. as much of Europe as we could. Right. And, and I wanted to bring that experience back and end up at a place like 
Pittsburgh High School and mm -hmm. just you know, hopefully enrich my teaching with, with those cultural experiences. Right. So now that you mentioned um, Pittsburgh High School and everything like that, I know you did retire from Missouri mm -hmm. and everything like that. So um, I guess uh, my main question right here is why did you decide to continue teaching even though you retired from Missouri? Well, I, I never really intended to stop teaching. Mm -hmm. It's just the, it's the way the system works. I mean, honestly, oh, okay. one of the downsides of, uh, of teaching, I guess, in a way, is that there's really, if you don't want to go into administration, mm -hmm. there's really not, you know, a way to to advance, I guess you, you could say, and, and I didn't really want to do anything different. There really was no financial advantage for me to continue. Mm -hmm. I was at a place where I could retire. I wanted to do it early enough to where I still was energetic and healthy and still passionate about teaching to go somewhere else and start fresh, which right. you know is a challenge to go to a new school or you know a new state. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to do that while I was young enough. So I really, you know, the retiring wasn't really my it was a means to an end, mm -hmm. and Pittsburgh is actually a place that I brought. Two of my boys came to Pitt State for, for college visits. Oh, that's neat. Uh, for baseball, and I brought my wife on one of them, and she was she loved the town. She, you know, we talked about you know this is something we could possibly do someday. Mm -hmm. um, one of my friends and, and fellow Willard Tigers from the past, uh, Coach Staley, was was here in Pittsburgh. His daughter, I worked with back in Willard, and she was telling me all the time about how much he loved it here. Oh, that's and good. And so that that was kind of the connection. And when the opportunity arrived, it just felt like the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Well, it's good to see you here and everything like that, and I hear uh, a lot of really good things. But what has your experience at, at Pittsburgh High School been like so far? Uh, so far, it has been as advertised. It's uh, I, I love it. I think it's a great school. I'm so impressed with the students. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if they realize, I, I think they probably realize how hard what everyone is doing is. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would see anything like this. Um, and I, I just, I, I think their um, resilience and persistence so far has been amazing. Everybody's treated me, you know, I'm the new guy who has got a mask on and <laughs> fumbles right. around with technology and mutes his mic while my remote students are wondering what's going on. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, so far, they've been very gracious and, and receptive, so I I couldn't be happier with that. That's good. I'm super happy for you, actually. Congrats. Um, is there anything else that you would like for the students at PHS to know for the sake of the episode? Um, don't be scared if they ever see me without my mask on. There, there is a beard. <laughs> There is a beard under here. And mm -hmm. Now, I just I just hope they know, you know, through the technology and masks we all have, just how much I care about my students. That That's what inspires me and keeps me going. It makes this really fun. That's good. Thank you so much for the interview. Okay? Yeah, thank you for asking. Anytime. Well, that's our show. See, I told you it was sweet and savory. Feel free to tune back in next month for another episode. As always, stay informed, stay interesting, and be kind to others. 